0: You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. With over 1.5 million downloads, this is the place to be for all your short term rental knowledge as part of the Vacation Rental Formula Business School. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Price Labs, who will help increase your revenue and occupancy with their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Price Labs have just launched their 2023 breakthrough release of the next generation of revenue management. This brand-new cutting-edge solution leverages hyper-local data to optimize rates and increase your revenue like never before. Visit the link in the description of this episode for more information. Without further delay, here's your host, Heather Bayer.
1: Over the last 14 years of doing this podcast, I would always record a solo episode around this time of the year where I'd look back on a high season and talk about the highs and lows of the summer. I can't do that now. I don't have a company anymore. So in today's episode, I've asked Jennifer Whaling, who is the founder of Cottage Stays in Ontario, to come join me. And it'll give me a little bit of a trip down memory lane and also help her share some of the issues that she faced and hopefully help you out as well. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you once again. It's a glorious fall here in Ontario. Absolutely fabulous colours. We're heading into Thanksgiving, this upcoming weekend. Yeah, it's it's just very, very beautiful. And it was always at this time of year when I was in my property management company that we would use this time for reflection and look back on what happened, what happened in the summer, what happened that we did really well at working out and what happened that perhaps we didn't do so well and we need to work on for the next year. And it was always those discussions, that rehashing of events and issues that helped us formulate the plan for the following year. We could get together as, as a team and brainstorm what we could have done better and what we will do better the next year. It was always a fun time. We used to, <laughs> we used to end the meeting with what we called cake time. And it was always, there was always one issue of the summer that was just so completely, totally crazy that we would never have imagined could have happened. And it may have been a difficult guest or even or a difficult owner, perhaps, but whatever it was, we would give them the Margot Award and we would have cake. And the Margot Award was named after a particular guest who had just a whole raft of issues about the property she was staying in. It was many, many years ago, and it was in our early days. And it went on and on and on, not just for the time she was at the property, but for the weeks and weeks afterwards, and she never let up. So we christened this the Margot Award Award and it is given out in the fall of every year. I don't know whether they still do it. It would be fun if they did. I've actually logged out of every Slack account, so I'm I'm not seeing what's going on in the business anymore, although I do have connections with the team and my business partner. We still talk quite frequently, but I will have to check and see if they're still doing the Margo Award. Anyway, so... I would come every year on the podcast and talk about the summer of rentals. And this year I can't. I don't know what I did last year, but anyway, this year I can't do it. So I've invited uh, my friend Jennifer Whaling from Cottage Stays, also in Ontario. And Jennifer and I were on a committee together on the Ontario Cottage Rental Managers Association. We're on a membership committee. So we've worked together in the past. She's a great person. She's got massive vision for her company. And she's going to tell us about her summer, what she learned, what she would do better next time, what perhaps she won't do at all next year, and what she's learned from a summer of rentals. So let's go straight over to my interview with Jennifer. So this is very special for me. It's been a couple of years since I was able to come into an episode and talk about the year or the other summer I've just had in my cottage rental business. Well, I can't do that anymore, so... I have invited Jennifer Whaling, who is the founder of Cottage Stays in Ontario, somebody I know, somebody I've been involved with on committees and in a manager's association. And I've invited Jennifer to come on and tell me about her summer. Um, So so this is going to be a little bit of a trip down memory lane for me, Jennifer. Part of it, I'll be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm glad I wasn't there. (laughs) I'm sure. But thank you so much for joining me. It's such a pleasure to have you with me.
2: Oh, wonderful for me too, Heather.
1: So can you tell a little bit of your story, where you're located, how you got into this business in the first place? It's the question I ask everybody to start with.
2: (laughs) So I started about seven years ago. We are farmers in southwestern Ontario And we decided we're looking to start retiring, sold the chickens, got rid of the pig barn. And we thought, let's get a cottage. Now we're not locked down to our farmhouse here. (laughs) And I bought my first cottage. I used an agency and I thought, you know what? I can do this better and make it more personal and really connect with my guests. Because it's scary when you're hosting guests and using an agency And you don't know who's coming or, you know, how many people are maybe and if there's pets, but it's quite scary. So the second year I started Cottage Stays. There was my cottage. My cousin bought a cottage, a neighbor. I went on Kijiji. So that first year I had five properties, which is great. Then, you know, you're doing something for real and we need to get proper processes and communication in place and we can have lots of fun with it.
1: Wow. How many properties do you have now?
2: About 45.
1: (laughs) That's great. Your story is almost the same as mine and the same as many other people you know you you start off with your own and then it's in then it's a relative and a neighbor and <laughs> and yes take on board anything and everything to start off with and it's beyond that when you begin to get you know a little bit more specific about who you want and we'll we'll go into that a little bit more because I, I love these stories of how small companies begin to to grow. So, we're going to delve a little bit more into that. But tell us about your location and your business model. You know, is it? I know when I was in the business and when I started, and somebody said, Oh, you'll only rent July and August and you won't do anything else. So, I'm quite interested to, to hear what your business model is up in your area
2: so i focus in on a certain area with about within about 20 to 30 minutes of my house that way i can drive by i can attend to any issue i wasn't really confident in dealing with septic issues over the phone right <laughs> i used to be in a technology company where i did telephone internet service but i still wasn't confident helping that person, you know, reset the water heater over the phone, I'd rather just drive there and fix it myself. We've even had it where the septic alarm went off in the middle of a snowstorm, the trucks were pulled off the road. But there are these two old ladies and the septic alarms are so loud. So there we go, my husband and I in the tractor off to <laughs> hit the reset. Switch with these ladies, right? And that's the kind of service I wanted to provide, is to provide that extra level of comfort. So we mostly focus in on the village, the municipality of Bluewater, which is the village of Bayfield. So we have two types of vacations. There's the normal beach type of cottage vacation, and then we have the village of Bayfield location. It's a charming historic hallmark village, which is popular basically any time of the year. All of our properties are pet friendly, which people don't always tell you if they're going to bring a pet anyway. So let's just cut that question out. And and we really lean into it, too. We have a housekeeper who makes homemade doggy treats out of the pumpkins that I grow here. <laughs> 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 and we write a little special card, you know, saying uh, special treat for Fido. And we put their name in people eat that up. They don't really care if it's we write a special card for them too, welcome Jane and family to blah blah blah. But when you write a special note to their dog, they they literally eat that up.
1: I think that's amazing and you know that you know I I've, I've talked a lot about the whole pet friendly side of this business because so many people want to go on these vacations because they can bring their pets. You know that this is the beauty of a what we used to call in england self-catering and yep. you know you bring your pets you bring your food you do your own cooking it's like you're know, taking your house and putting it in somebody else's house and i've just been i just finished reading and i'm probably going to mention this in every podcast for the next six months one of the best books on hospitality and custom service i've i've ever read. And that's Will Guidara's, oh, having said that, I've just completely forgotten the title. uh, Will Ghidara's Unreasonable Hospitality. And he talks in that about something, a couple of, well, loads of stuff. And I've, you know, it's one of those books that I've got highlights all over the place, tiny doses of excellence, and just those little things that can make such a difference. And He says in there that you can make these grandiose gestures of hospitality that cost a huge amount of money. And it doesn't give sometimes anywhere near as much joy as those tiny doses of excellence do like those dog biscuits. So that was a long way of going around saying, I think that's amazing. (laughs) I love that. You know what's what's unique about your location particularly in the Ontario market is that the majority of agencies of property management companies have very widely dispersed properties like we had we had 200 properties but they were all over the province so we were relying on I mean we used to say it's like herding 200 cats because <laughs> every single property had its own cleaning team its own maintenance people that we could call on and it was it was tough I love the idea of keeping it all close close to your home close to your heart obviously
2: yeah it means it opens me up to in a certain area there might be a a certain thing that happens so three years ago We're all located on the bluff of Lake Huron and Lake Huron is known for the most beautiful sunsets in the world. However, being on the bluff that one year, the lake levels were so high and we lost how many, all these beachfront cottages no longer had stairs and they weren't going to be repaired, but it meant the same message going out to a whole bunch of people and a lot of bad news. Right. So Hmm. really, and we also had short term rental licensing come through and that hit three quarters of the properties in my area. So you kind of have to pivot and stuff. But when things go wrong, it's like there's a flavor. One week, it'll be all doorknobs, right? And another week, it'll be all umbrellas. So we can prepare a team and do proper training, right? And say, oh, go to this place and do that umbrella, then this one, then this one, then
1: this one. So not just you and your husband, you have other people within your team.
2: Yes, so it's just myself. My husband, he's an emotional support.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We all need one of those. (laughs)
2: Yes, yeah. And then I have uh, Lee. She's been with me right from the beginning. She is the one who handles the uncomfortable emotional situations. So you know how when guests arrive... I talk about caring for mom. What are the things we can do for mom? Cause she's the one who's envisioned this wonderful vacation. And when she gets there, she's got to make the beds and ma- the kids are hungry and they want to run down to the beach. And dad's sitting there with the beer and it's not turning out how she wanted. So when you get that first eight o'clock complaint, Lee's the one who can handle and go there and give mom a hug. Or if the guys are parked all over the yard, you know, she'll give them the grandma stink eye and, <laughs>
1: Uh, I love every company needs to have a Lee. Yeah,
2: yes. Yes. We uh, also added Shauna. So she's our guest services. It has been a godsend because I can go home and I can breathe. I don't have to run home and see what are the emails and what are the texts? What are the issues that I got to deal with? She tells me what's important and what's not and make sure that guests are cared for. So like on changeover day, while I'm dealing with a broken toilet seat and then all of a sudden there's three umbrellas that are broken and there's no more umbrellas in all of Ontario to be bought, right? (laughs) She's the one who's still making sure that incoming guests know that, yes, there will be a milk jug and you'll be able to find it in this cupboard here, right? Because in Ontario we have milk jugs. Milk jugs.
1: (laughs) Yes. And, and for those listening who wonder, why do you have milk jugs? It's because our milk still comes in bags. I mean, we, you, you do, get, we do get cartons of milk, but I, I still buy my bags, my, my milk in bags from Costco. <laughs> Saves me a dollar and that's important. <laughs> so it sounds like you've got a good team in place. Let's talk about this this past summer. How different has this summer been from the craziness of 2021? Well, it was in fact 2020, 2021, and 2022. (laughs) Seems like forever ago now.
2: Yes, yes. So this year, I would say that guests have been, they're not demanding. They're much more happier, but their expectations are higher. We'll never return back to the days where guests have the optional cleaning fee, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this was only three years ago, right? And here we are now. That's just a regular part of the services that we have to offer.
1: Go yeah, that, that, was, that was always an, an interesting one because we were way behind the rest of the US, except perhaps for some parts of the eastern shoreline where bring your own linens and do your own cleaning that stayed on for a long, long time. But now I remember seeing just every year those expectations getting higher because people were going different places, going to Airbnbs in the South and, and finding that, you know, they walk in, there is no having to make beds. And when they leave, they don't have to clean, which to me is, is the perfect way of having a vacation. <laughs> uh, it's just taken a long time to uh, filter its way North.
2: Yes. Yeah. We still have linens as an option, this year southwestern Ontario was quite wet and we've had more septic issues than ever uh-huh. before like and that's never fun. And owners it's kind of hard they never had to pump their septic and this year they had to do it three times and and they're not here. So when I say to them, yeah, it needs to be pumped, they, they don't always believe me. So we don't have linens, it's optional. And then I take the linens out of the cottage, and we have to wash them elsewhere and keep that water out of the septics
1: yeah yes, and i th- I think uh, for for those of us who are coming on our type of vacation, most do understand it. they do understand the different elements that are are involved. What else was a difference this year as opposed to the crazy years? So I have only been in business like
2: seven years right? <laughs> and there's never a normal year. So how am I supposed to compare? To, right? <laughs> like I thought I had it all figured out. And then we had the year of all the the bluff failing and there was se- all kinds of stuff. And then COVID hits. Right. So you assume 100 percent occupancy. And then this year comes along, right? And you've got everything booked. And then there's not near as many cancellations as COVID, but there were a lot because the traditional three bedroom, one or two bathroom that appeals to a middle income family and they were getting scared, you know, so we had to change things up and I swore I would never do less than seven days at some properties. And we did, but the revenue was there. So Mm -hmm. it it all worked out in the end, but it's seeing the storm coming and, you know, and making changes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, it sounds, sounds like that you can, you know, you've been pivoting along the way when of course pivoting brings changes and change. Some changes will become permanent. Some maybe not so permanent. So thinking back over the last seven years, what changes have you made that have been successful in, in some improving your efficiency?
2: Efficiency number one would be adding a guest services agent and learning to rely on my team, right? I have a whole bunch of housekeepers and most of them are not professional housekeeping companies. I prefer that, retired lady who just wants to clean you know one or two cottages a week and she saves up to go on a birding trip right or the single mom who can bring her child with her and and clean a house too and then the kids those are great because we send them to the cottages that have like 150 steps so great you kid you go down to the beach make sure that there's no broken chairs and nothing in the fire pit that we don't want and <laughs> Make them do all that work, right?
1: <laughs> so you've got the guest services person. What what else has improved your efficiency?
2: I use Owner res and uh-huh. my property system, it's my godsend. So one of the things this year that we did, we implemented the SMS texting and that has really improved the communication with guests. And we've taken it a bit further before... I had owner res I would ask people can you send uh tag us in your photos or whatever in Instagram or Facebook and nobody ever did so then we tried we'll send us pictures of the sunset oh well then get all these sunset pictures you know and my phone would be dinging and my husband's going what is going on well that's the sunset pictures We can't repost that many sunset pictures though, right? So then we had it with owner res. If you are bringing your pet, which most are on day three of your five or more day stay, you'll get a text that invites you to send me a picture of Ginger, you know, playing at the beach. And that's why if you ever see my Facebook or Instagram, you'll see like on Wednesdays and Thursdays, there's like 10 photos of dogs having
1: the time of their lives, Well, you touched on two things, you know, the sunsets, people, everybody that, I mean, I've done it, do it myself and I'm down in Gulf Shores and we have some amazing sunsets and I'm taking pictures and every picture is the best picture that has ever been taken of that sunset. (laughs) And That's exactly what, you know, there's there's a gazillion people out there taking the same picture of that same sunset, but the one you took is the best. So, so that, that's, you know, that is a brilliant marketing ploy. I mean, and certainly the dogs, if you've touched on it with the natural treats, people love their dogs. I honestly think that a lot of people love their dogs more than they love their children. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Well, dogs don't talk back and they don't know how to swear at you. So
1: (laughs) that's it. And they don't normally leave Cheetos on the couch that, you know, will go under the cushions and, um, yeah. But yes, I love that, asking them to, you know, that texting, that was revolutionary for, for our company when we implemented it a couple of years ago, and it made things so much more personal. It is that Do you feel that? It's just a really personal connection with the guests.
2: Yes. So we're implementing right now, it just says, send us a picture of your pet. Well, now this year we can split that out and we can make things with owner as is help and all the custom fields and things you can do, make things so personal. We even have it set up that to send out garbage reminders and we've used chat GBT to make the messages a little bit more friendly. So say for instance, if you arrive on Monday, then on day five, you'll get a text at seven in the evening saying, hello, eco-friendly legends garbage day is tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Excellent. Yeah. I remember years ago, I went to a session that Matt Landau ran at an event somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. It was just so many. But he asked us to get into groups and just talk about what revolutionized our business and what we did in the way of communication. And one lady there said, I only text my guests, I don't do anything else. And I thought there was something really wrong with that. And and maybe, you know, maybe she should have been a little bit more flexible and uh, to appeal to some guests who didn't text, maybe. But I was so anti this whole idea of texting. And then I just switched to the complete 360. You know, texting was is is, is great. And people will respond to a text so much more than they'll respond to uh, email because it's so instant. But I, I, I love that.
2: And the nice thing is with Owner Res, or even if you're using um, Touch Stay or StayFi's texting capabilities, right? We use Owner Res. It's separate from my personal phone, which really eat up at me. You know, in the first few years, you think everything yourself, and they're giving everybody your personal cell phone, and there's no split when you need that downtime.
1: Yeah, that's great. I'm going to take a short break just now. To hear about our sponsor, Price Labs, directly from one of their clients. We're going to be right back with more from this great interview in just a few moments.
3: So, I'm Dolly Duran, and I'm very much involved in uh, the short term rental space by being a community leader for Airbnb, as well as a SuperHost Ambassador helping others. I did all my own research when it came to pricing. I also know that I was leaving money on the table because I would pick one price and that was the price and that was it. And then, of course, Airbnb kind of has their own tool. But I knew from the beginning that that was not very good. So I never relied on it so much. maps has helped me. And one of the things I love about it, like if, I, if you were to ask me what you like so much about price pots, like what is it? What is the T, the if you will? Is that the price is constantly fluctuating. It's like all of that research that I was doing, right? To pick one price, it's on a daily basis. Like that price is always moving. It's always changing. And I don't have to lift a finger. So if someone is booking my place, any of my places three months out, Well, they're blocking my calendar three months out. So they're going to pay a premium, right? And that's okay, because that's how you maximize revenue. But if my space is free now, right, there's no one there. There's no sense in me charging what's being charged three months from now. That traveler who's looking now, they're looking for the absolute best price. And that's what dynamic pricing has allowed, right? Because now I get a lot of last minute bookings. I used to never get last minute bookings. All of my bookings used to be at least a month out in advance. I never got anything within two weeks. And now I see that that has increased.
1: Thank you so much for that testimonial. It was great to hear how Price Labs is working so practically with their clients to help them achieve success. So let's go on right back now to our interview. Let's just go back on this past summer because I always did this, you know, the, the worst thing that happened and the best thing that happened. <laughs> what well, what was the summer like for you in terms of your customer service experience and guest behavior, perhaps, and, you know, even how your owners reacted, what stood out for you in terms of, you know, the best and the worst?
2: So the worst thing that happened was a septic that backed up. And I told the owner to empty out the septic and he didn't. And of course, that also caused a ripple effect. So the septic gets full, and then the baffles get clogged, and then the basement toilet, which has a pump, the pump quits, and it's running all the time, and it ends up going into the shower, and and you've got it fully booked, and the owner is not even in the country, and you're it, it, that was awful, and there's nothing I could do. It just just sucks, right? The best would be having a guest services person who I know cares about the guests just as much as I do. And she was able to take care of all the funny situations that we have happened. But guest behavior this year has been, touch wood, really good.
1: Yeah that seems to be bucking the trend because I know I I mean I'm sure you're out there on some of the Facebook groups and hearing some of the stories that have happened this year and people saying you know is it just me or has this year been the worst ever I am so happy to hear that <laughs> you had had a great experience so where are your guests coming from I know that you've got a great website a Jody Bourne designed website so you do direct bookings. What what's the proportion direct bookings versus OTAs?
2: So that's different this
1: year. Last
2: how many years? It's been 90 to 99% are direct bookings, but this year was about 80% in the end for summer, just because of having to pivot and fill up those shorter stays, mm-hmm. right? So I did rely mostly on VRBO and a little bit on Airbnb.
1: Yeah. Was that new for you or had had you been um, testing out Airbnb? Because I, I know from my time with networking with other managers, in the majority were doing direct booking, but all beginning to pick up Airbnb and VRBO for their orphan days and their shorter days. So, how long had you been using Airbnb?
2: So, I have been using VRBO since day one, and that was to push the off season, right? VRBO allows us to have video. So, most of, well, all of my beachfront properties have nice drone video. And then we also have added Airbnb at the same time, although they're, they're still a different guest, right? Mm-hmm. We know when it's an Airbnb guest, they're not going to empty out the garbages, even though we've told them. But the communication is there, and we have the opportunity of educating them and turning them into a lifelong cottage stays guest. How do you do that? So with with our owner res communications and our SMS texting, you can right away, we're communicating from day one send us, we also get their email address right away. We have to have that for the rental agreement. Mm -hmm. And that that allows us to further market to them down the road. And also like when they get, when they send us pictures of their dog, they end up resharing them on Facebook, which then a year later pops up on their (sighs) memories, right? Like it's all... If we can get their dog's photo, we've got them.
1: <laughs> that, do you know, I think that is that is going to be the short video of this episode. If we can get their dog's video and their photos, we've got them.
2: <laughs> so one of the promotions that I had done, I have to tell you this while I remember it. But I took a course with Yvonne Howling last year, right? And she helped me do some really good promotions and really got me into taking videos of myself, which I hated, right? And in the most watched video is me explaining this promotion I was doing. And I'm sitting there and in the background is this bird feeder. And my cat Cookie comes along and he sneaks up. And in the background, he's swatting the bird feeder.
1: <laughs> Those are the best you know, the the, the natural – I see that Yvonne Halling is, uh, is a speaker at Jen Boyle's Direct Booking Summit. So uh, um, there will be information on the Direct Book Summit on the show notes. And, yeah, I'll be checking out Yvonne's contribution to that. So I just want to go back a bit because I had written something down here. Oh, yes. It was about, you about the July. We talked about July, August being this, you know, this is the summer season and me being told years ago, you will only rent July and August and you won't do anything else. And then you said you've got the, uh, the, your waterfront properties, but then there's also the village of Bayfield. When I started in the business 20 odd years ago, 23 years ago, um, (laughs) rentals were only water people would say to me, you will only rent something if it's directly on the water. And of course, Airbnb changed all this because it made virtually anything and everything rentable. So do your in-village rentals get more out-of-season bookings? It depends
2: on the events that are going on in the area. So, In the Village is very popular through the summer because there's lots of stuff to do. So, that appeals to that type of family who wants to rent bikes and walk uptown and do lots, go to the bookshop, all that. Everybody ends up in Bayfield at some point. Just depends on what you're wanting to do. However, in the off season, they are extending it. So, Bayfield is known for their Christmas in Bayfield. And it is like we have the Disney carriage that is here and Santa comes to visit. And and now that can be just a season. Well, now they're extending it and there's winter wonderland. So you can come to Bayfield and there's all kinds of nice uh, lighting and lots of events happening as well. But that's only say Thursday to Sunday. The trick comes in extending their stay.
1: So so what are you doing to capture those out-of-season rentals in in terms of marketing?
2: So summer is easy. So I like to go back to my ideal guest. So my ideal guest is Mother Hen. And Mother Hen, in summer, she wants to gather all her chicks together. And in fall, Mother Hen wants to get together with the other hens and cluck, cluck, cluck. (laughs) They want to get together and create, you know, memories and eat well and just have lots of fun. So when I look at the off season, we look at amenities that would appeal to that mother hen getting together with the other hens. When you think of mother hen, she's the one who worries about everyone else. So she looks for all the amenities in a cottage that her chicks will want in summer and her hens will want in the off season. But what I like, I guess I would say the most important amenity when you look at cottage photos is the dining room table, because maybe you remember, have you ever seen the packing list that some of these people come with? (laughs) And it's all centered around food. So mother Hannah has this picture perfect vacation And that dining room table in that kitchen needs to be equipped with frying pans that aren't rusted out and flippers that aren't melted. And and a nice big dining room table that everyone can gather at and play games and eat.
1: (laughs) So how do you go about capturing those hens?
2: So we have through our social media, we look for video and... We were using stock photography and stock video. However, last year with my guest services, she is in the 30-ish range. So we've actually started sending her to cottages with her friends. So she'll be in the hot tub in the winter with their toques on, you know, and having nice charcuterie boards so that people can see that real women are gathering We'd like to do more of that as time goes on in those larger cottages and have varied age ranges of couples and women getting together. It's really easy to market that two to three bedroom, one couple vacation where you show, you know, a cup of tea or coffee and a book and a fireplace. And But it's the creating the memories. You can make more by renting out the larger cottages and we have StayFi devices in all those cottages that attract more than one family. So that means that we're getting not only are we getting mother hen's contact information, but we're getting all the other hen's mm-hmm. contact information. And we use that in our email marketing as well as in meta advertising, which is not as in your face. So even if they didn't subscribe to my campaigns, right, they still can get it through
1: the meta advertising. Can you describe the meta advertising a bit more? I
2: just feel recently in the last few months that I've got a handle on it and I know what I'm doing. It's very similar to when you're in your Facebook and you see the Airbnb ads or the VRBO ads. So we're playing with video and similar type of ads too. And we're also interspersing in with it instead of, you know, the main cottage feature photo, we're interspersing in who I'm trying to attract. So the one we're starting with next week will be older ladies who are sitting around a campfire and eating at a dining room table. Nice videos mm-hmm. like
1: that. And I, I think that's, you know, that really is the key is getting people to see themselves. You know, this is, this is, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I want to be doing. I have used a photo many times from a property in Costa Rica. I went to with Mike and Andrea to sort of, Oh gosh, it must have been oh, nearly 12 years ago now. And there was this fabulous villa and it had an infinity pool. And in the picture there was a lady lying on a floaty in this infinity pool, just lying back, sunglasses on, and all you could see was the end of the pool and the ocean. And that was me. You know, I want to be the person in that picture. I'm going to be lying on that floaty looking out over the ocean. And I think, I I think so many people don't see that you've got to start with the person that you want to attract. Yeah. Because once you've got that persona, you, you know who that person is, then you can design anything that is going to appeal to that, that persona.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I found that real video works better than the beautiful stock photography we can get from Adobe or Canva. Mm -hmm. And that was hard to switch that because I don't I've earned I've got extra weight, extra wrinkles. Look at all the gray hair, you know, it's but everybody that those are the videos of myself, you know, when coming soon, they, they get the most hits, which is funny.
1: Yeah. um, When I talked to Kerry Phillips, at Kerry Gibson, sorry, Kerry Gibson at uh, Chalet Huger in Quebec, and we talked about her use of exactly that. And, you know, I'll put a link to Chalet Huger in the show notes if you want to go and take a look at Kerry's site, because it's very similar. There are people in these photos and they are people doing the things that her guests are going to want to be doing you know, sitting there with a cup of coffee in front of the fireplace or or riding a bike through the townships. And it's, it's simple, but it, it is time consuming though, Jennifer, isn't it?
2: Yes, but you can reuse it, you know, yep. year after year. So when I look at the upcoming season, I already have a lot of social media in place. We have the pie trail. So there's literally a map that we provide and you'll see it on my social media too of the places that you can go to the pie trail. And you have to end at Zurich's meat market because they have a pie menu. So you walk in and there's a menu of all the pies you can get.
1: (laughs) Oh gosh, I gosh. Now I'm feeling the need to come to Bayfield. (laughs) Yeah, great marketing tactics there. You've mentioned doing more videos for 2024. Is there anything else you're gonna do differently for next year?
2: I'm going to get more regular with my email campaigns because those are I've invested in the day five devices. We've done it once a month, but I think we can easily do once every two weeks. And we also have the capability. I used to sell contact management systems. So my gold mine is my contact manager. So when I first started, I started with five. The next year I bought a company which had 12 properties. The value in that company to me was not the properties because he was all concerned about the properties and the owners. And that's wonderful. But I knew there was five years of emails that he didn't have this contact manager. So I spent all winter going through all those email addresses and who's a potential owner, who's a potential guest. And now we you know, when you, um, you ask them, what is your purpose of coming and you're trying to vet them? We keep track of what they do for a living. So if they are a, well, if it's a ladies group or it's getting together with your sisters, right, now I can pull that out and send a specific email just to those people. If we have, um, what's her name? a novelist coming into town. Then we will send an email to all the teachers, professors, novelists. We have three Harlequin romance novelists <laughs> who book in the off season. Like I, when was the last time you read a Harlequin <laughs> novel? <laughs> they still get them, right? <laughs> so we'll let them know whenever there's a, uh, a novelist going to be in town. and Yeah, so that- that's what I want to get more targeted on.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, that, that's perfect. In my, in my tipping point episode this week, I talked about rich guest data, you know, following the breadcrumbs in emails. Every, mm-hmm. There's always a breadcrumb in every email. And yeah. and it could be that, that you've got to follow up on. I, I went to Barcelona earlier this year for a, for a conference and I dropped so many breadcrumbs into my email. A, I'm traveling on my own to Barcelona. Yeah. That's the first thing. I have only been there once before. Yeah, and I'm traveling on my own. I've only been there once before. And I'm going to a conference. Now, those to me were three very specific breadcrumbs that told them a lot about me. And yep. they did nothing with it, and it's just so frustrating that I would have loved to have had some information on how to get from the property I was staying in the middle of Barcelona to the conference center. You mm-hmm. know that would have been that they told me how to get to the place from the airport, but they knew I was going to a conference, and they knew where it was, they also knew it was a vacation rental conference, so they <laughs> missed that missed that amazing opportunity. <laughs> Um, But yes, breadcrumbs, for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to Monday's Tipping Point episode on, which I think I've called Stepping Up the Guest Experience, then go back and have a listen to that because there's a lot of nuggets in there about exactly what Jennifer's talking about, about collecting this information and then storing it so you can use it next time you target these people. I love that you're doing all this, Jennifer. It really is so impactful for everybody. It's for you, for your guests, for your owners. So just for a moment, how do you build your relationships with your owners? Always interested in this one.
2: If I can meet a potential owner face-to-face, they will most likely sign up for my services I've tried a number of ways in the past to communicate with them, but they're like everyone else. They're not reading. So we do weekly owner statements. And in there, I'll include information on what uh, marketing plans we have in place, what promotions we're doing. We even give them examples of the guest communication that we've given to, like when there was a um, uh, particular heat wave, I sent the owners what the text was that o- that guests got on how to keep their cottage cool because a lot of co- especially lakefront cottages don 't have air conditioning, mm-hmm. so shut your doors, shut your blinds, so we wanted to let owners know about those avenues. I spent months putting together an owner's guidebook and I thought everybody would use it like the Bible. They don't, they still (laughs) call me all the time, but I struggle there too. Like, do I say to them, Oh, just look in the guidebook. But no, because I still want them to come to me to create that relationship. If they only need a book, then they can go somewhere else as well and figure it all out themselves. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting you say that. We we went through, for, for years, you know, how do we get owners to read stuff? And I we've created a, oh my gosh, we've got these folders and I spent hours and hours putting all this stuff into folders, handed it to them. They never opened it. <laughs> Then, uh, then you know, we, we put every. Th- I think we we used some contact management system, and they had a knowledge base. So I tried putting everything on the knowledge base, and and then we went in using the touch day guide. We used that as the owner manual. You can only go so far. You can take the horse to water.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the owner's guidebook, though, is helpful for all the new owners. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you still get a lot of questions, but a lot of them have already. The bases are there. Yeah. So we still have trouble with owners deciding to stay until 4 p.m. on the day that we're trying to get in and get ready. But the general gist they're getting and understanding by having that guidebook in place. (laughs) We're also going to be doing um, annual meetings and that's where I reached out to you because Coming off of that summer high, I was so happy with we have Operto uh, VR scheduler, the teams, and the housekeepers are all on board, and they're reporting issues, and we were able to fix umbrellas all the time and replace remotes. I now carry universal remotes in both of our vehicles so that I don't have to run and worry when a dog has chewed this remote. I carry an extra fire stick and a Roku because it's – Cheaper for me to have that $35 piece of tech and give it to the guest than worry about and try and figure mm-hmm. this out before the next guest comes and ah. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to, after all that hubbub, We had it where one owner called and he was really upset because the cutlery drawer was disorganized and the pots and pans weren't stacked the way he likes. And there was a piece of trim loose and a doorknob loose. And I was like, ah, so I thought, (laughs) just take a breath. 10 minutes later, I got an email from another owner. This is a more luxury property. And the big screen TV in the fun house was broken. You couldn't tell it was when you turn it on, there's a big crack through it. And then I just broke down and I thought, ah, we have been so on it. What is going on? Right. Then I have to stop and step back. That Mm -hmm. first donor with the utensil drawer, he's a heart surgeon. So when you think of it, I want my heart surgeon to notice everything else going on around there. Right. So if he's upset, you know what? That's okay, right? (laughs) But it's hard to put on that helmet when, you know, you're riding this high and you're feeling so good and everything's tickety-boo and,
1: yeah. Uh, You sound like you really handle it well and you've got a great team. Tell me we're just getting towards wrapping up time, but I want to talk a little bit about the Ontario Cottage Rental Managers Association. You know, this was something that, uh, that Craig and I sort of started out oh, way, way back. And it, it started out very quietly and then began to grow just a couple of years before we, we sold our company. How do you find being able to network with other property management companies?
2: Well, it was interesting because when I first joined, everybody else was so huge. And I was just a little fish <laughs> in this big pond. And I had all my cottages were in one little area. And you all had cottages everywhere and seemed to know what you were doing and add it all together. So it's neat to be able to get to know everyone and realize, oh, we all have the same bear that's driving <laughs> right. And the geese problems and the skunks. and
1: Yeah, I think that's what did it for me. That very, very first meeting we had, and, and it was in a hotel in Orillia, and there were four or five of us, and, and we sort of all came in together and said tentative hellos, because we'd never met face to face. And then we sat down, and, you know, four hours later, we just had not stopped talking, and you suddenly realize that you all have exactly the same issues, and just getting somebody else's perspective on it was second to none. That was a lifesaver for us at that time.
2: Yes, for sure. For my business, last year, another um, cottage rental agency member started with water sports equipment rentals. Now, I can't do canoes because I'm not going to ask you to drag this canoe 100 steps down. But I can do blow up paddle boards and lake mats because there's no rental place in my little area. Mm-hmm. It had closed down, they had all ratty stuff. So but I can provide this and that would be something that we would deliver on Sundays and pick up on Thursdays. So it's been another service that we're able to provide to our guests. And this year, I don't know if you were still there, but insurance has become an issue in Ontario if you're renting out your cottage. A lot of uh, companies don't want to touch that or they assume that you're an Airbnb and you rent 350 days a year, which isn't the case. A lot of my owners only rent three or four weeks Mm -hmm. and that's it. So we were able to find a company, a local company, and we all now have been able to offer our cottage owners here. You can contact this company or that company and they've got great cottage plus insurance plans,
1: right? That's brilliant. That's you know that 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 is the power of collaboration and I love to hear that. Okay, just wrapping up now, you've mentioned a lot of things in your tech stack. You've mentioned ownerz, StayFi, operto, VR scheduler. What am I missing?
2: Uh, I use HubSpot as my contact manager, right? No, I'm not married to it. I, as long as I had a contact manager, I can make it work, right? I got it because it has two users and you can have unlimited contacts. You're limited in your marketing contacts, but we changed the flavor of our marketing anyways. So it, right now it'll be, I can pull out all the ladies groups and it fits within yeah. your marketing. Stack so so are you that. still using the free version? No, I use the
1: paid version. Okay. Okay. And uh, you'd mentioned Touchday. Is that your Touchday user as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I've got Stayfire, Aperto VR Scheduler, Owner Res, Touchday, HubSpot. That sounds like yes. a really powerful tech stack.
2: I used to be in the tech industry in I used to own a company in Stratford in fact, when you read or watch Justin Bieber's biography, you'll see oh his mum had a low paying job that was me.
1: I hired her <laughs> that's, that's brilliant <laughs> except yeah his mum had a low paying job. <laughs>
2: It wasn't low-paying. It was a great job. It was a great job. <laughs>
1: somebody who just graduated, not knowing anything about website design. I take huh. offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> great claim to fame there, Jennifer. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I, I wish we could do it longer. I really want to get back into the um, the OCRMA in some way, so we should connect again uh, at some point in, in the future. Are you heading to the Women's Com- Conference in Nashville? I am not. Oh, that's I'm such young. a shame. But I am
2: doing the direct booking success. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, both of those will be, will be listed on the show notes for anybody who wants to go and have a look at that. The uh, Women's Summit in Nashville in December and the Direct Book Summit, which is this week, if you are listening to the podcast on the day of publication. Thank you, Jennifer. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this.
2: Thanks, Heather. It was nice seeing you again.
1: Thank you, Jennifer, so much. That was so much fun. I really enjoyed catching up. Something that Jennifer said, just as we sort of finished and said our goodbyes, and she said, oh no, she said, I forgot... To mention Price Labs. She said we use Price Labs for our dynamic pricing and we could not do without them. So I have I have invited Jennifer to do a testimonial for Price Labs given that they are our sponsor at the moment. We and that should have been the upfront platform on her tech stack list. So that was my fault. I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't do my proper research beforehand. But anyway, you've heard it now. Price Labs is part of Jennifer's tech stack. So that conversation went on a little tad longer than, uh, than I would normally expect because I was enjoying it so much and that's really what matters. And <laughs> so I'm just going to do a quick sign off now to say thank you so much for listening wherever you are, you know, if you're doing a changeover, if you're on an aeroplane heading to a conference, which a lot of people are doing right at this moment, I do hope you enjoyed that. It's always a pleasure for me to talk to property managers, find out how they run their companies and how they have scaled from naught to whatever. So, as I mentioned in the episode, uh, make sure you go and listen to our tipping point episode this week. Listen to all the tipping point episodes. They're only 10 minutes long, and each one of them has a real learning point, and every one of them comes with some really, really useful downloads. So, I really encourage you to go and listen or watch on YouTube. You watch on YouTube, you get to see the slides as well. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. We're trying to grow our subscriber list. I would absolutely Love it if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as the podcast. And also, finally, please come join us if you're not already joined us on the Facebook group, The Business of Short Term Rental and Property Management. And I will have the link for that in the show notes too. That's it for me. Thank you and goodbye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Price Labs, and their dynamic pricing and revenue management tools. Click the link in the description of this episode for more information.
1: It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.